this okay. is this is yep. the Stay Healthy Experience with Robert Ferguson, Barbara Chris, and my man Daniel Baldwin, yeah. who is not in studio with us today, mm-hmm. but you make up for that. He's yeah. here in spirit. He's here in spirit. Right? I just want to say that he's here in spirit. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. So we have Dr. David Pryor, and it's funny when uh, I said you were coming into studio today. Mm-hmm. The first question she asked me was, "What type of doctor are you?" Okay. So yeah. what would be the what is the proper way of describing what type of doctor you are? Yeah, I'm an internal medicine doctor, so ah. board certified internal medicine. Now, some people might say internal medicine is like general practice or adult medicine. Mm -hmm. So I treat adults and uh, you have also like family practice doctors who treat adults and kids. Of course, pediatricians who only treat kids. But internal medicine is basically the treatment of adult uh, adults, uh, all type from hypertension, hypertension, diabetes. Uh, pneumonia, anything like that, that you can go into your regular doctor. That's what I do. You see it all then. You see it all. Yeah. A little bit of everything. So, it's, so it's, it is, it's very interesting yeah. when you look at the history of becoming a physician mm-hmm. and to where we are today because mm-hmm. there's so many specialized, yes. I guess, yeah. roles you could take on. Yes. It gets a little confusing. It does. Yeah. It does. So, yeah, so internal medicine. So basically after medical school, for four years of medical school, mm-hmm. then you do your residency. And so mm-hmm. for internal medicine, what I do, it's three years after you graduate from medical school, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you go out. Now, if you wanted to then become a cardiologist, for example, and specialize right. in the heart, then you do a few more years of a fellowship. Same thing oh, for okay. a GI doctor, gastrointestinal. So there are branches off of it from there. It right. looks like a surgeon. You know, you could be a general surgeon, then mm-hmm. you could go do more and be a neurosurgeon, right? So right. That's, oh, okay. that's how it works. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Okay, so are you uh, going to change professions again? Yeah, I am. <laughs> change professions, yeah. Yeah, let's get in the surgery room, right? Get in the surgery <laughs> yeah, yeah. room. Now, now, let's go back because to me, from a distance, when yeah. I look at what I know about your career, Yeah. Uh, and we just shared, which we'll share a little bit with yeah. the people how mm-hmm. you and I met originally. Yeah. But when you graduated and, and became, like, where did you do your internship? And, and chronologically, take us up to where you are now. Yeah, yeah. okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll start back. So first of all, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area from San Jose. Where Tupac. I grew up. Yeah, Tupac. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tupac in <laughs> Oakland, that area. But I'm from San Jose. Mm-hmm. And so grew up there and uh, was able to go to my undergraduate at Stanford University. Wow. And, you know, Palo Alto area there. And then from there, went to medical school, University of California, San Diego. Oh, and then, yes, yeah, so I okay. was down there. She was down there partying, too. Oh, really? San Diego? Yeah. <laughs> Great place. I love San Diego. It is a beautiful city. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of came back up to the Bay Area. So I actually did my uh, residency at Kaiser in Oakland. So I was uh, oh, in okay. Oakland back in the Bay Area at that time. Now, so is that where headquarters is for Kaiser? That's where headquarters okay. for Kaiser is. That was the kind of the flagship hospital there mm-hmm. in Oakland. And so it was a great experience because you got to see a variety of people, right? Mm -hmm. All ethnicities. And even though they had insurance with Kaiser, you know, it was it was you had your professors, right? That were at UC Berkeley that may have had insurance with Kaiser. But you also had had guys that worked in the shipyards. Right. So you had people that had insurance, but it was a, it was many different, you know, uh, uh, um, oh, parts like of, of walks of life. Walks of yeah. life. Yeah. And then of and course so. you had the, the guys who were getting in fights on the street and the gangbangers, right? Because you get that experience. A little like, bit of that as well. Uh, wow. like, almost like Vietnam type stuff. Although there they had, you know, a county hospital. So a lot of that okay. was a hospital called Highland hospital, which was kind of the county hospital. So we didn't see as many of those okay. at Kaiser. Right. But you, you did have a, a big variety, which was great. Saw a lot of different, a lot of disease and illness. And when you're in, in, in residency, you want to see all that, right? Yeah. You want to see just, you know, bad cases of this and that so you can learn and, and, and really help people. Right. So that was really great. That's great. And wow. then you stayed there until when? 
I stayed there for a couple years after uh, my residency, even worked up there at a Kaiser in Richmond, California. Okay, right? I like Richmond area. Richmond, nice. yeah, up there. And then, uh, but but was really fortunate to then come down to Southern California mm-hmm. to really at that point start working in we call medical leadership and and administration and started working mm. in the health insurance industry. Right now, was that still oh, wow. with Kaiser at the time? No, that was actually with uh, a, a different company with with Blue Cross. Okay. at the time. So is that so. I don't want to interject yeah. too too much not to get off track, but is that like a normal track that people take or doctors would take? It's it it is and it isn't. You know, I always knew that we, we call population health, right? So yeah. there's one doctor that takes care of one person at a time in the office right Mm -hmm. then there are other doctors who say gosh you know it's great to do that one-on-one right how can you affect more people right Mm -hmm. and so that's what we call population health where you're really responsible for helping to take care of thousands of people right Mm -hmm. by by the programs that you do by giving out health information Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. really a different level of of treating people and so that was really attractive to me and so that's how I kind of made that turn there yeah okay yeah so then you're in Southern California Mm -hmm. And how soon after that did you discover Aetna? Discover Aetna. Yeah, that was about uh, maybe about five years later. So okay. I had been working with, with Blue Cross. And then I kind of moved over and started working for Aetna, which was another major insurer. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think, about the time that I met you. Okay. Yeah. See? Exactly. And his whole world changed. <laughs> it changed. It changed for the better, right? <laughs> yeah. It changed for he the better. He saw the light. All of a sudden, what is it? The clouds parted. That's and right. Yeah. And the music the and the violin the and everything. Out, yeah. Yeah, everything just got better. Yeah. But, but I mean, in, in some similarities, though, what we just yeah. talked about with Robert, right? Because I think looking at your career, right, you yeah. at times started off helping people one-on-one mm-hmm. with diet, exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Then at the same time, you said, gosh, how can I affect more people right. at a different mm-hmm. level? And so it's similar to like yeah. doctors, right? And you start kind of branching off and and you were able to put your message across the whole country, right? And probably around the world about how do you live that, you know, a, yeah. a different lifestyle. What did you call it? Was leadership medicine? Yeah, no. medical leadership. Medical leadership, yeah. Medical leadership mm-hmm. roles, like yeah. And mm-hmm. then from there, you know, I mean, you're, I mean your, your career is fascinating because mm-hmm. yeah. after I met you yeah. and because of Dr. Pryor, mm-hmm. I got featured in this amazing calendar. Yeah. And it was the first year they were focusing on obesity. Yes. And yes. what year was that? Around 2006. Well, it was a 2007 oh. calendar. Yep. So you're right, 2006. Okay. Because when I nominated you to yep. say, hey, oh. this guy is doing some fabulous <laughs> work out in the Ventura area. We hadn't even met yet, but I had read uh, in papers, local papers. Yeah, I used about to have a column in the VC Reporter. Yep. Oh, yep. That's how, yep. oh, so that's how you saw that's it. That's how I saw it. And I wow. said, hey, this is a guy to check out. And so, you know, they went and kind of interviewed you. We oh, call yeah. it vetting, right? They oh, had yeah. to go take a look. I said, here's the guy, but you take a look at him. <laughs> and they were impressed. And that's how you got into that calendar. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. That's that calendar, great. it helps me to this day. Yeah. People still, people, <laughs> what month were you? What month were you? I was April. So people April. still say that April okay, 2007. April, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have a frame. A frame for it. And it wasn't a local effort. This is a, a national calendar yeah. that they do all across the that country. That is so, so cool. It and it's like annual still, they still have yes, it. It's exactly. like every year, I think that was like the, I don't know, like the 30, it was close to 30 or right yes. after 30 years of doing this calendar. Yeah. So that means they're 40 years now. Yeah, that's exactly. a big deal. Yeah. That's a big it's deal. A big deal. It was a big deal. And it opened up a lot of lot of doors for me. Yeah. You no, know? I bet. That's and then great. from there, yes. <laughs> you know, you made the move to NBC Universal, right? Exactly. So at that time, I really was becoming more interested in wellness and gosh, how do you take a, a, a large employee workforce, right? Like a large employer. Yeah. Um, and how do you help to try to, you know, make the, uh, the employees well and try to move in that direction. So I had this opportunity to work for 
uh, NBC Universal on the Universal Studios wow. lot as the kind of West Coast medical director for that. And uh, that's a big deal. That was a, it yeah. is. And I it's actually exciting. probably have some people, some friends who worked maybe in the in the occupational health side of that, like exactly. on the sets. And that's a demanding, demanding, it's a demanding job, yes. there's a lot going on. All and it the, was, everything's changing. Everything's changing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things we dealt with the reality shows. Mm-hmm. Right. And some of the like biggest loser, some of those shows. And yeah. you had to say, God, who's going to be on the show? Who's not going to be on the show? How mm-hmm. do you look at the medical records and and and, and look at the risk of, of the candidates? Um, yeah. So just things like biggest uh, fear factor, right? People right. want to come on, eat these weird foods, eat, or a, eat, cock, eat a cockroach or something. Yeah, <laughs> and so I would kind of work with our legal team to say, gosh, they would say, is this from a medical standpoint? Does this make sense? Is this too high risk or not? <laughs> so it's just you got all kind of weird That's like a dream questions. job for it's any physician. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. <laughs> that was an interesting time. And, and then some of the other things were just, you know, gosh, you know, the employees need health insurance. And so how do you oh, right. make sure they're getting the best insurance? So some of it was just like any other you know, large employer right. that mm-hmm. they, they need their insurance. So it was a, it was a great time, interesting time. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, and now you're currently working with Anthem. And now I'm back. Yeah, back I'm back on Anthem. the health insurance side. Okay. With blue with, with Anthem Blue Cross here in mm-hmm. uh, in California and enjoying that. And mm-hmm. uh, we take care of millions of people wow. all across the country. And so it's been it's been a great a great ride. And uh, but one of my passions and why I've always I think stayed connected with Robert yeah. again is how do you uh, help people? How do you get people engaged in their health? Oh, right cuz it's yeah. always it's it's a mixture of of giving information right, right? But then with information, how do you also motivate people right. to make changes in their health? And yes. It's kind of an ongoing That's an ongoing battle. Ongoing for battle. Sure. And Absolutely. I know one that um, you know Robert's been involved with for years and I know I appreciate some of your wisdom of kind of working with people from all walks of life, right? Yeah. And trying to help figure that out. How do you coach? How do you motivate? Mm-hmm. And how do you give them the information? And so it's real important. But you know, it's wow. like now that I work with Stay Healthy mm-hmm. and being the health ambassador there, and David had a chance to go down and meet oh, nice. the team so and everyone, cool. and everybody was, uh, you know, yeah. totally impressed with, with you. Yeah. Um, but it's all about education is where we are there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was doing my first big project with Aetna in Missouri, mm-hmm. I they were, we were talking about how to reverse childhood obesity. Mm-hmm. And my answer really was education. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the pushback I experienced because they said, Robert, it can't be that simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not just about being educated. We need to bring food to the people. Like they're in food deserts. And that's where a oh, lot of the right. focus was then. Yes. Well, then we went ahead and we did my pilot program and the outcomes were amazing mm-hmm. because it was about education. Yeah. But it was education in a way where it met people where they were. Exactly. Right. It's speaking, if they're going to eat top ramen, Show them how to make the most of it, mm-hmm. you know, because I was doing work with Medicaid population. I see. And okay. so that was a challenge. And almost everyone from the top down felt that's not going to work. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Brian, who was the CEO at the time, was really heavily pushing it. And we then got a lot of the employees on board. And, you know, the morale was up and people were talking about mm-hmm. it. So we were able to kind of squeeze in there and do it and do it. Yeah. And the outcome was great. Mm-hmm. And it proved that. If you take the time and educate people, they will rise up to the occasion. For sure. Wow. Yeah. You know, instead of feel, instead of feeling like they're being judged. Yeah. You know, I have a story I can share when I was you know working in aerospace. So, for example, you know, we'd have employees that would have been there for you know twenty plus years, thirty years. You know, they they were there at the start, mm-hmm. and they did things maybe way back then a lot differently than they would do today. 
and we always found that the implementation, if we had to change something, so for example, we had to go into like a painting operation, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe before 25 years ago, they painted a certain way with certain, you know, certain paints that are, let's say, outlawed today, yeah. and that, but that maybe worked better. When we went into a process to change and implement, you know, these types of like new regulatory, you know, changes, it was always a lot more effective if we went in with from an educational standpoint and explaining why we were doing these things, why it was safer to use these types of paints, you know, why it was, you know, necessary to use this kind of ventilation system and why it was necessary to, you know, suit up with the respirator. If we took the time to educate them with mm -hmm. stuff, you know, about that, they were a lot more you know open um, to Yeah, because hmm. they realize like, oh, you're just trying to do something good for me. You're not just yeah. coming down like the police. Yeah. And just changing everything that worked good for me for 25 years, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. So we dealt with that too, and um, but sometimes with a small staff, you know, it would be hard to like hit all these areas with that level of um, attention. Attention. I guess. Yeah. But that's I think the exciting yeah. thing though with mm -hmm. technology, right? right. Yes. Yeah. One of the things even when I do my residency, and Robert knows this years ago. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I hate to say how many years ago, but I started a website really mm -hmm. focusing on the health needs of African-American women because I was working at Kaiser in Oakland, right? So I was wow. around a lot of So that's when all that people. started. That's when it started, when I was doing my residency at the time. You know, when you're busy, busy, busy. Right. That's when you sometimes get more things done. But yeah. started that, and I hate to say it, it was like 1999. <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> you know, it's like that's before, before a lot of people were right. starting to really before get on Before Y2K, there. right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but it was amazing yeah. to see how at that point, you know, the, the web was more just writing articles. It wasn't even videos that much. Then, yeah. right? It wasn't even a lot of pictures, it was articles. But yeah. how then you could touch people and you would get, you know, emails and responses yeah. back from other countries, right? Outside right. the U.S. even, right? That there was this connection. Oh, cool. um, and, and it could be London, Africa, all over the world. Yeah. And so that's how I really saw that that was a powerful medium. And how can you use, you know, the media yeah. to really make an impact on health? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of my interests. In that's fast. So yeah. the, the website is Black Women's Health. Blackwomenshealth.com is the yeah. website. And, you know, right now we're actually, as, as Robert knows, talking about kind of doing that next version of it, right? How yeah. do you kind of relaunch? Because we did it for a number of years. Yeah. It was great. Kind of took a little, you know, hiatus, a little break mm -hmm. with it. And now so much has changed in yes. so many ways, right? With social media, with video. Oh. There's a ton of information out there. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think it's a great opportunity still. It's a great to, platform. To kind of, yeah, oh, the mm -hmm. name says people. it all. If you're, I know. If you're a black woman and looking for better health, health black women's health. It, there you go. There you go. That's it. I mean, that's look, gold. Look like if, no you were to, if you were to give up that dot com yeah. you know, and just wait 60 days, you'll see someone selling it for... Of money. It could be six figures. Wow. Yeah. Easily. I even realized it's a great it, name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. So thank if you, you want to give it up, you know, <laughs> you got a place, you got a place you can go. Yeah, like Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Right. Because the niche is right in there. And as yeah. uh, the one gentleman I went with you, yeah. I, I can't remember his name, but <laughs> you'll probably remember him. It was when you were doing work with Aetna and Magic Johnson was involved. Yes. And oh, we went fun. to that. I went, you uh, let me go to that event. And yeah. one guy got up there, and because uh, he he was bonding with you and I, going, "All right, we got some light-skinned brothers in here. <laughs> <laughs> bring a light skin back, <laughs> bring it, bring it back." <laughs> but he says something that night. He says, "The riches are in the niches." In the niches. I was like, "Man, yeah. that was good." I do, do remember, you remember that. that? Yes. I, I don't remember the person, but then that phrase. I yes. Wow. The riches are in, in the, the niches. And you still say that all the time. I got it from him. Oh wow. And I feel bad. I don't know his name. Know his but. name. <laughs> But he was very talented. I'm, I'm actually Facebook friends with him. Oh, yes. So I see him I every once in a Doug. while. I think his name was Doug. I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. He's going to be watching and be like, 
You guys don't even remember my name. Took my stuff. Took my stuff and don't even know my name. We're gonna get in trouble. Like uh, you know who Mr. Cooper is? Remember that TV show, Mr. Cooper? Yeah. uh, Mark Cooper hanging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this morning I wake up and yeah, first thing I do lately if I'm not working out is I'll go on my phone on YouTube. Yeah. And you know it knows what you're interested in, mm-hmm. yeah. and so Mr. Cooper pops up, yeah. and he's he's going off about Steve Harvey stealing I his did joke. See that. Did you see? I that? Saw it. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I see it. And he is like, out. oh man, he's putting it right out there. He goes, really? yeah, I checked him. I oh. checked him. You don't steal people's comedy, especially with comedians, uh, right? That's, yeah, I that's Not like, good. and it's all over now. You have so what happens in that world, which you brought up. <laughs> yeah. Is that one person? He doesn't interview. It uh-huh. goes on YouTube. Yeah, all the bloggers see that, and then, and then they, they they pull the excerpt. Right. Yeah. So that now you just have the part where Mr. Cooper's giving Steve Harvey Going a off. hard time, right? And then they report on it, and then other uh, people see their blog, and then they report on it, and then it becomes viral, and right. it's everywhere, just yeah. like that. So trust me, Steve is hearing it everywhere he's I'm going sure. right now. That is the power of the internet. Of right the now. internet, right yes. now. Yeah. But Very the, the one challenge, though, I think is, is though, especially in health. Yeah. Right? How do you, you're trying to reach people, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes you need that viral kind of crazy moment, right? Or mm-hmm. that, that little sound bite. Yeah. And so it's a balancing act, right? Of, of, of trying to be true, trying to give good information out. Right. Trying not to be too over the top and sensational, but it's a balancing thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? You know, balancing those two things, right? Because, like you said, this is this show that you re- referenced a minute ago. I had never even heard of that show, right? But now I, I have, just yes. because of that that <laughs> he kind of said something a little controversial, kind of going right. after you know, Steve yeah. Harvey, and now you know who the host of the show is. You know all that because of that little yeah. piece of a sound. And then bite. Mr. Cooper's so, yeah. back on the map. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen him forever. Yeah, that's true. But Mark is back, yeah, and so he's still doing comedy. I didn't know that. See, I didn't know that. Well, see, my <laughs> thing, like, okay, so. If you reflect back and you think about your entire life, yeah. you start to notice little things that took place at 8 and 10, mm-hmm. 16, mm-hmm. different parts of your life all come together to yeah. put you to where you, where you are right at this now. moment, right? Mm-hmm. So years ago, my mom's husband's um, father had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So I was maybe 11, so 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget hearing, you know, you hear heart attack. I didn't really quite get what that was, but I knew it wasn't good. And we were going to the hospital. Right. So we go to the hospital and we walk in and and his name was Mr. Pete. I call him Mr. Peter. So Mr. Peter always (laughs) had on a white T-shirt and he had an extended belly, huge belly. I mean, we're like the, the white T-shirt came down, but it didn't go over the belt. All, all the way, all the way. A right? little bit at the bottom there. <laughs> Just through. a little bit. There's yeah. some I ventilation. Mean, it, it would roll up. Too. <laughs> some ventilation. It would roll yeah. up. Yeah. So we get there, and I remember my mom, you know, all concerned, and they go in there, and I just walk in, I sit down, and I see his wife, Miss Dorothy, walks in with a big old pot of ham hock and collard greens with some ribs. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Yesterday, he had a heart attack. Yes. Today, she's bringing in all his favorites. And I remember watching him eat a huge plate. In the hospital? In the hospital. Wow. (laughs) This is right after a heart attack. Serious. And then my mom's going, something's not adding up here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know he's, I don't think you're supposed to be eating all that. Right. Yeah. But that's the life he lived. And it it taught me a, a major lesson that you really do have to meet people where they are. Mm. Yes. Some people are not going to overhaul their life. Even like faced that. with a yeah. Even faced, heart, yeah. heart attack. And then when I was writing the very first book I did on weight loss, I remember going into a cancer ward. Mm-hmm. And I saw people in the cancer ward walk out 
and smoke and a cigarette. Smoke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, this is stuff that you've seen. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And yes. I was just like, I was like, wow. So what is going to change? Uh, yeah. It's not just education. That's the, that's the challenge. And like you say, it's figuring out what's the priority for the person. You know, um, like you said, they may have a... a a cancer diagnosis they may have this or that but you like you say meet them where they're at what are you willing to change are you willing to hopefully give up cigarettes maybe right. they are maybe they'll say well i'll you know i'll cut back in half maybe right. you start there right right the same thing with food and as you know i mean food for many people it can be the comforter it can be an addiction right and right. so it you know for some people it's easy to push a plate away and go exercise and for other people it's just right very foreign yeah, to like them. some and, people feel yeah. like it they've just they're so far gone yep that it's not even that, that there's nothing that they can do anyway so i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing yep. eating or smoking or whatever it may be and, and don't you think just, a lot of it too psychologically is that people don't want you to be right mm-hmm. so if i do what you're saying then i would have to admit that i was doing it the wrong way. doing it the wrong way for so many and years. as dr phil would say <laughs> You, you want better results or you you prefer to be right? Prefer to be right. right. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the complex. So, There's like so many different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what makes it so difficult. As you said, you have lives that you're looking after. Mm-hmm. You have all these people. The insur- Like people think the insurance companies are, mm-hmm. are bad and they're out to get us and take advantage of us. Right. And what I've learned and what I've always said is that, no, insurance companies aren't. That's not the goal. They want you to live long. Right. Yes. They want you to be to healthy. Stay out of the hospital, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's less expense for everybody. Right. right. But, it, but the world don't look at it like that. No. If you get in a conversation in the barbershop, yeah. which, you know, that's where we go to find out what's really going on. <laughs> yeah. You go in the, the barbershop and you bring up like health insurance. They go, oh, yeah, they're going to get you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay away from that. <laughs> they're going to get you. They're going to get you. They're going to take all your money. Yeah. They're gonna, yeah. They, they're not, they don't want us to be healthy. Yeah. And then you just have that ongoing thought that is fueled and it seems to be expanding. Yeah. Because maybe that's like I said, that's what you may want to hear instead of the other message of, gosh, if you do X, Y, and Z, you can really live a healthier lifestyle. You should visit your doctor maybe once a year, just do a check-in. But Uh other than that, you can really stay out of the hospital. And that's the best thing, right? Yeah. You're healthy. Yes. You don't have to be hospitalized and everybody kind of wins, I think, right? I I totally agree. That's what I love about Mm -hmm. There's so many things I, I like and love about what you represent and things I've learned from you. Because I always learn a lot from, from David. Yeah. But he, he created this thing called Lifestyle DNA. Yeah. Ooh. Which I love. Can you, would you mind yeah, explaining that? Yeah, I would want that? to hear about Yeah, this. that was a yeah, few yeah. years ago. So this concept of Lifestyle DNA. Like many people, we know that you used to think in high school that your DNA is mm-hmm. kind of your genetic code, right? right. Not a mm-hmm. lot you can change. You right. know, you have brown eyes, you have blue eyes, you have black hair. And we've learned, gosh, that's what, that's your DNA. That's what's coded in. Right. And many people would think, gosh, for their health that, you know, diabetes runs in my family. It mm-hmm. must be in our DNA. Right. Uh, and we said, no, not, not necessarily. Right. There is some genetic components to that. But more often, it's the lifestyle that runs in your family. Right. right? Yes. It's that all of your you know, aunts and uncles, nobody exercised. Right. And everybody ate this kind of bad food. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the theme that's running through your family. So it's really the lifestyle. So lifestyle DNA really says that our DNA is a little bit malleable, right? It means it's not as fixed as we used to think, right? right? That it depends on um, the DNA is there as a footprint, but it's what do you put on it as fuel, right? So mm-hmm. if you might have a predisposition for diabetes yeah. in your family, that right. could be true, mm-hmm. right? But if you eat a really healthy lifestyle, eat healthy, exercise, 
you can kind of turn off the expression of that gene. Right. Conversely, though, if you eat a high fat diet, you don't exercise, mm -hmm. you're obese, you kind of turn that gene on right. and give it the fuel it needs to express itself. Right. So that really was the See, oh, essence of lifestyle that. DNA. I mean, I'm like so using yeah. that with my my clients See, now. Look, I love she it. She wants to take yeah. your idea. Yeah. See? Oh, well, I'm At least I'm, I'm going to remember <laughs> your name. Remember it. Not like, not like, uh, <laughs> not like you guys. <laughs> like I'll take credit for like it. Steve. Yeah, no, yeah. that Steve is, I love that. You see, that you see my really new Facebook cover photo, lifestyle DNA, founder Robert Founder Robert Perkins, exactly. It's like, okay. No, but like when we were, we went to, um, we were in Ohio, uh -huh. uh, a friend of ours uh, had us out and we all spoke. Mm -hmm. And when you did that presentation, I was like, that was, it was so mass. Oh, about it that. Was, it was, about it was topic, explained yeah. master, masterfully. Yeah, it was because um, we had talked about you. Said, I never really totally got it, Dave, until you heard that. Yeah, you said, oh, OK, now it's really, really good. But then you went into a story about your dad yeah. and blood pressure medi medication. Yes. Yes. And yeah. that was a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you were going, all right, what? Like what? <laughs> what, what was it? <laughs> well, I always say, you know, my, my dad's kind of a classy example. I see a lot of patients like this that when I was growing up, um, my dad always would say, yeah, watch the salt, you know, and we kind of tried to follow that, right? Because yeah. he had been diagnosed with high blood pressure. Okay. It's very common, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people, he was probably in his, you know, 40s, 50s. Mm -hmm. He's diagnosed with it. He really tried to kind of watch, you know, the extra salt and all that but he didn't like to visit the doctor. Mm. So he really was never on the high blood pressure medication. Okay. So kind of like 50s, 60s, 70s, all that kind of happened. Once in a while, he would go to a screening and they would say, gosh, your blood pressure is really, really high. high. Come check with your doctor. Now, even though he, we had insurance, we had access to care, like many men, especially in yeah. our state, many men in general, mm -hmm. but African-American men in particular, you know, really try to avoid the doctor, right? Okay. It's like for many reasons, cultural reasons, a lot right. of things, history has happened that we try to avoid the doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Out of sight, out of mind. Long story short, about, he was about 70, late 60, 70, finally went to the doctor and they started to see that some of his lab values took some blood that his kidneys were starting to see some damage. Wow. Because when you have high blood pressure for so long, your organs, your heart, your kidneys, they're kind of damaged by seeing that high blood pressure every day. Yeah. Long story short, eventually the kidneys, it kind of progressed. He had to go on kidney dialysis. So wow. about the last seven years of his life, he was on kidney dialysis, mm -hmm. you know, really because of the high, high blood pressure that wasn't controlled. Now, the, as you know, the other big uh, uh, condition that causes kidney disease is diabetes. Mm -hmm. So people that have diabetes or high blood pressure really increase risk for developing kidney disease and often have to go on dialysis. Right. And so that wow. was kind of his, his story. He ended up dying at, at 84. So he was on it for about 77 to about 84. Then he okay. passed away. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, obviously preach of that, right? Mm -hmm. Go to the doctor, get your blood pressure right. checked. If you do need medication, you mm -hmm. know, get on the medication, mm -hmm. but at the same time, work on your lifestyle. Right. Because right. oftentimes, you know, you can reverse, reverse and get it. off some of those, yeah. those medications. Oh, I, See, I, I love that. It's all about if you nurture it. And, and yep. it's so difficult for so many people. And you're right. Uh, in our, like I was just back uh, in Indiana mm -hmm. and I saw my, my mom's ex-husband who, you know, we stayed in touch and thanks to Facebook. Yep. And he really wanted to see me. Oh, good. And so he came by and he's just been battling with a lot of mm. like, you know, medical challenges. Yep. And so he does dialysis three days a week. Mm. Mm -hmm. And... I hadn't seen him in years. So I'm sitting there watching him 
and we're talking and he's having a hard time breathing. Oh man. I mean, this is a, he's a young man, but still he's like in his sixties. Wow. So he was younger than my mom, like 10 years younger. So maybe mm-hmm. like 64 now. And, uh, I could see, man, it's, it's not looking good. Yeah. It's not looking good. And you start, you know, mm-hmm. you can see it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really sad wow. because there's nothing you can do because he's done so much damage. You progress. Mm-hmm. The only thing yeah. you can try yeah. to maybe get a kidney transplant if you're eligible for that. He, he's, that on the list, on the list. he's on the list. And he's hopeful. Yeah. But at the same time, eight months ago, he had a good day. And I saw him on Facebook with his new outfit on. <laughs> the, the grill was like lit up. Yeah. He had a whole bunch of pork sitting on that grill. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I see. And he's like got the music playing, the OJs in the back. He's and he's having, and having that's a good his day. life. That was a good day for him. That was mm. a good day. So he hasn't changed anything. I see. The way he's eating, nothing's changed. Mm. Activity, nothing's changed. He's a truck driver, gets in the truck, drives, you know, sitting around all the time, eating the same stuff, going to dialysis, and just hoping you wake up and things are different. Things are different. That's, I know. But how that's do you really a, make that? It's yeah. like insanity, you know, insanity. So we could figure out how to get <laughs> engagement up. Exactly. Yeah. That's the key word, engagement. Engagement. Um, how mm-hmm. do you We would have something major, right? Yeah. And how do you reach people with these chronic conditions? Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, they have the chronic conditions used that indicates that, you know, they have a different type of lifestyle. Right. That they're not necessarily into the health and exercise. Right. And they get to this position and then you come at them kind of preaching to them to right. do better. So it's a hard audience because they've already kind of it is. made that choice that, you know, mm-hmm. that part of their health isn't as important. And then how do you reach them at this point? And so it's 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 challenging. Right. But that's, I think, one of the reasons why I love healthcare so much, mm-hmm. because you can still reach out. And every time you get a victory, even if it's one person at a time, mm-hmm. you've helped one person. Right. That kind of spurs you on to do right. more. Or whoever's around them sees that yeah. and impacts them, too. Exactly. So that's, I think, one of the, the exciting parts of it. The other yeah. thing which is always fascinating me as, as a medical doctor yeah. is just, you know, our bodies. Yeah. And I tell people all the time. Our bodies are so forgiving when we're young, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's you true. You can be pretty unhealthy in your 20s and still mm-hmm. in your 30s. Mm-hmm. But over time, I tell people, my patients, <laughs> you're doing that, that little damage. Every damage, day. Damage, damage. Mm-hmm. Then when you get to like 50, 60, you know, their body kind of says, hey, I've, I've covered you for so long. <laughs> like right? I'm tired. I've, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I tried to, you know, uh, you know, be strong for you, but your body kind of gives out and you see this. And I would tell people... You know, you're 30 right now. You have yeah. high blood pressure. You feel great. You don't have any symptoms, mm-hmm. but it's doing damage. But isn't it true that you you run into, like, yeah. let's say we're having this conversation yeah. in, the, in the barbershop, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and we're all talking. <laughs> You'll have some guy go, oh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but my grandmother lived to be 114 oh, I, and she had a bourbon in the morning, yeah. Yeah, smoked I've cigarettes all day, yeah. and drank vodka at night. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. And so people look for those references to make it okay for them to delay doing what... To justify. Would yeah. actually help yeah, them. Yeah, to justify what they're not going to do. What they're not going to do. So, and I always yeah. say on that, you know, um, there's always kind of outliers, right? I Same thing. I had an uncle who was, a, who was <laughs> literally an alcoholic and yeah. smoked two packs of cigarettes a day and lived to 95. That's crazy. And so, you know, some people just have are fortunate yeah, and they defy everything in the mm-hmm. genetics and they mm-hmm. get, some, but that doesn't, you know, for the, the, most people that that's not the case. Right. Right. And so, um, I always say there's some things that we can't explain. Mm-hmm. Right. right. We can't explain it. There's, I had many patients who are doing everything right. Yeah. And still get diagnosed with mm-hmm. cancer. 
mm-hmm. and you can't explain it, right? That's probably some genetics and other things going on. Mm-hmm. I've had executives who are, you know, on a Saturday, riding their bike, exercising, right? Life is great, and get hit by a car, motor vehicle accident changes their life, right? Traumatic brain injury. Wow. Yeah. And so what could you tell? I mean, they're doing everything, quote unquote, right. To do, yeah. And mm-hmm. so things happen that we can't explain. Right. Mm-hmm. But I tell people it's just a matter of, you know, there are certain things that that we kind of know, you know, if you are overweight, you're eating poorly, you don't exercise, you know, for most people, that's going to go down a bad. Right. Path. Yeah. We, you know, we do kind of, you know, there's some bad things end that result. We, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to me, it's just you got to balance it and try to do your best every day. But well, then there's so some people in the yeah. middle where they kind of know that they need to mm-hmm. clean their act up. Yeah. But they keep putting it off. Like, well, I know I need to do that, but. I'll do this at, you know, 2020. Yeah. yeah. I'll start in January. And you know full and well they're not going to start in, sh- in January. I'll start before the summer. Right before summer. Right. Because I got to go on that cruise. I got to go on the cruise. I want to go on down the slide. I got to be able, you know, but, you know, you What do you tell people? Time. What's your message? I mean, well, honestly, I tell them the most powerful thing that they can do is just start building those little habits a little bit every day. Literally. So if it's just one simple thing that they can do, will will help to empower them to take control back mm-hmm. but I feel like at that point they're just they're fearful they're scared of whatever this unknown area is and so they they, they just almost feel like victims in this victims, yeah. and so until they can master even just little steps along the way it might be let's say if it has to do with activity or something like it's not about you don't have to go out right now and get a trainer and get ripped or whatever that is like literally why don't you try just walking, walking. or maybe you know taking the stairs instead of the elevator and just starting to feel confident in these little things, and then we can build on that. And then at the same time, there's the whole education behind it. But I really feel that ways that we can empower people so that they can feel like they're making that choice, that it's not being pushed on them. Well, one, I mean, you have people who are coming to you for help. True. To be coached. Right. It's those people that you're wanting to reach Mm -hmm. that... Every time you look at them, they kind of look off. Just <laughs> they, I mean, or like at expos, you know, they, they go the widest, you know, certain, yes. you know, radius mm-hmm. around you to avoid you when you know full well those are the people you need to be talking to. But they just they're not ready. They're just not ready. ready. They're and, scared. And then I they're think. confused. Right. So mm-hmm. my mom, I'll never forget this like it was yesterday. Um, my mom had lost a, a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, she was eating extremely strict. She mm-hmm. was on a. One of these, like an overweight anonymous at the time. So this is before mm. she lost weight with diet free life. With you, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she got cancer. Okay. She got breast cancer. And I remember her saying, "Why? I eat healthy. Mm. I exercise every day. Why me?" Mm. And then you know she started almost looking at God, going, "What? What's up? <laughs> I've been doing everything right." Now my mom didn't look at what she did. Up to two years before that, yeah. right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. years of yo-yo dieting and, and abuse with alcohol and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. She forgot all about that. She was like, right now, I've been doing everything right. <laughs> For the last two and years. And how is it that I get cancer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's horrible. And I remember she went into somewhat of a depression. Yes. You know, and then moving forward, my mom, you know, gets starts gaining some weight back after getting past that. Life goes by. Mm-hmm. She gets breast cancer the second time. Wow. So, again, she conquers it. You know, then we get her to lose the weight. She's doing great. Uh, then, of course, in there, there's some yo-yoing. Yep. And last week, I went to the annual um, uh, breast cancer symposium in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Mm. Mm. So I get there, right, because we're going to launch OWL and kind of share with the world what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And my mom calls me. Wow. So a couple weeks ago. 
And I said, hey, what's going on? And she said, well, I got some not so good news. I go, what's that? She goes, I just got diagnosed with breast cancer the third time. Wow. So this just happened. I said, mom, you know where I'm at right now? She goes, no. You know, I'm traveling a lot. She got, I'm in San Antonio. I said, do you know why? She goes, I have no idea. I said, I'm going to a breast cancer symposium. Hmm. And you just called me telling me that you have breast cancer for the third time. Wow. And so in my mind, you know, and I believe she's going to do great. She stays yep. zero. Yep. So they caught it very early. She's one of those responsible people that goes to their appointments and gets mm-hmm. her mammograms. Does yeah. her mammogram. She does yep. all that, okay. which I was sharing with Barbara earlier that I believe our parents generation yep. were better at that than we are. I think so, too. Yeah. And I feel for the millennials. Because yes. they're like, I got Google. Why do I need to go? Why do I need to go? <laughs> yeah. Self-diagnose. Yeah. I got my phone. I got this app. Yeah. yeah. It's like they want to do it but all some, on their own. Yeah. That, that, that type of screening, they're like, you cannot mess around with that. You got to go. That's for right. sure. Well, you're, you're supposed you're to. You're supposed to. Yeah. But I bring all that up to say that my mom, I watched in her journey, be confused. There's yes. an abundance of information out there. Yeah. And yeah. with weight loss, intermittent fasting today, keto tomorrow, yeah. mm-hmm. some other program the next no one really knows what to do. What to do, yeah. And every yeah. day you see a study and something's good for you one day and it's right. not good for you the next right. day. And then the government contributes to that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, egg yolks were bad, you know, five years ago. Now they're acceptable. They're acceptable. Uh, coffee was horrible, horrible last yeah. year. Now it's like drink away. Drink three cups a day, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's I mean, true. so how do you deal with all of that? Oh gosh, I know. Yeah, no, it, it is. And it can be very confusing. You know, I tell people, I think, you know, trying to keep it as simple as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. I tell people, you know, we certainly know eating more fruits and vegetables, exercising, those things are pretty, you know, not too controversial, right? Yeah. We know that's kind of on the path to better health. Yeah. We know a lot of fast food, fried food, you know, saturated fats, all those things are probably going the other way, right? And then I think once you kind of, you know, make those kind of big, big decisions about which, you know, which pathway you're going to follow, mm-hmm. then I think you add on more of the information, right? And you do more research exactly. and you kind of read and, and try to make your best choices. But I think building a strong foundation is probably the key, right? Mm-hmm. Then maybe you can layer on some of the in-depth knowledge, right? And mm-hmm. some people are, you know, kind of at the Dean Ornish and that level of, you know, they're you know very specific diets right and right and um that's not for everybody though right mm-hmm. right i mean you know i tell people you know yeah you could maybe you know eat granola and cranberries all day long and drink water and you probably will have low cholesterol right and you're right. probably gonna be doing great <laughs> but that's not realistic for most people exactly let's face it. exactly and so you know it, again some people like say the zealots are really gonna be be there right but that's not the majority of, a, of Americans, the majority of people. Mm-hmm. And so how do you reach those people and kind of give them a, a better, improved you know, lifestyle? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's real important. It's something like, I'm very interested that. in. No, I love that. So. And it makes it, it makes it tough because <clears throat> in the world we live in, like when I was doing the work in Missouri, mm-hmm. you go in and you meet these families, mm-hmm. right, that are in under-resourced communities. Mm-hmm. And you talk to the parents and the parents, you find out that their kid hasn't had a bowel movement in six weeks. Mm. Like that's not uncommon. That's right. actually that's pretty crazy. common. Wow. Uh, you find out that the kids are going to school without eating breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so they have a hard time concentrating because they're hungry. They're right. hungry. And then you got the kids who are eating hot fries first thing in the morning. That is breakfast. Yeah. And the mom, you know, they're exhausted. They're like, get on that bus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it happens. I I think it's really common where kids show up with a little bag of chips. Like that's their breakfast and that's what they do. It's easy. 
and that's some of the interesting work that's going on right now. You know, mm -hmm. I also went to public health school, right? So I, I got a master in public health from UC Berkeley. And one of the things that was years ago, but we talked a lot about these social determinants of health, right? Yeah. Which really has become a kind of in vogue the last few years, even in corporate America, mm -hmm. but something public health have been talking about for a long time, yeah. right? That your health, it, it in part is determined by where you live, mm -hmm. the resources around mm -hmm. you, right? So if you do live in what's called a food desert and mm -hmm. there's nothing but fast food around you, right? You're more apt to eat the fast food or, or you don't have access to fresh fruit and vegetables. So mm -hmm. all those things do play a role, right? And even, like you said, parents, let's say if you may be in a single parent situation, it's hard for you know the mother who's working all day long right. and trying to get the right. kids here or there, pick them up, to then come home and spend a lot of time cooking this yeah. grand nutritious meal. It, it is sometimes easier to stop by a fast Absolutely. food place and pick something up and they're, the oh. kids are full. They they and they can they love it, they say, right? It's right. kind of I mean, two hamburgers yeah. for a dollar, come on. Right, yeah. and then they can you sit know. down and rest for like five minutes, like, woo. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. not even rest because like, again, when we were in Missouri, That's there true. were certain communities where we were doing the work yeah. where there was almost no normalcy. Yes. Right? It wasn't normal oh, right. to wake up at the same time and everything works everything. out great. And the, so everything is always like, just like in limbo. You wake up, there's a fire truck outside. Yeah. Oh, man, Johnny got stabbed last night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you yeah. get back home and your car is gone. Like, who stole my car? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you thought you were going to eat a good meal. But you didn't. Now you don't care. I have you a question for car. you guys about yeah. temptation, food temptation. Oh. Uh-oh. With the recent, you know, uh, uh, clamor about the Popeye's chicken sandwich, <laughs> were you tempted to try it? Or I, I don't know if you're vegetarian or not, but were no. you tempted at all to say, what is that? I mean, I guess I feel like I could try whatever I want, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I just know how to. But, but you know how big it got, though, right? I mean, yeah, it was crazy. Like, people were fighting over this, yeah, right? Yeah, they were, like, in lines. Yeah, yeah. People were, the N-word was thrown around. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wait in line like that. But I guess it's because, I, I don't know, I think I just, I, because I feel like... I, any food out there that I want to try, I, I know how to eat it, and I eat mm -hmm. it right in, in mm -hmm. a balanced way. Um, I guess I don't really well, have do, like do you, major you, temptations. Do you know like who Boyce yeah. Watkins is? Yes, I do know yeah, who he is. So a financial, a, yeah, financial. <laughs> so I, I listen to him a lot. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I, I, I want to go on his show. Okay, it, it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll have a really good conversation yeah. because he opens up his show basically telling you, like, <laughs> confirming who should be listening to his show. So oh. his show is for smart intelligent black people <laughs> and if you're not smart you gotta get off he says get your ass <laughs> off right now i don't want to embarrass you oh wow that's <laughs> i mean you gotta watch he's great yeah yeah because that's that's where the focus is yeah. he knows who his audience is mm -hmm. but he had this long conversation about the popeye's chicken oh yep. god and he called those people <laughs> he goes on see that is the ignorant stupid he just he keeps it real oh uh -huh. yeah because people really lost their mind it's crazy. Sandwich. I yeah. know. I mean, I see these clips on TV. I'm like, God, is out of control. I, I thought they were actually staged because they were so crazy. I'm like, that can't be real. Yeah. And but they were real. And I don't really have like, a, I don't know, a, a addiction. Yeah. I don't really have a comment about it. I just think yeah. it was a cultural thing mm -hmm. and not culture based on our ethnicity, mm -hmm. but culture based on location where you lived. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was more based on the demographics. Oh, Because right. I didn't see people in Ventura. 
True. Looking for a pop yeah. for that <laughs> as much. Yeah, yeah. We were, I mean, they were talking about it, but not doing it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. When, but when I went to the barbershop in Oxnard, there yeah. is a Popeye's right down the street. And oh. Were, and the conversation, oh, dude, did you get one yet? No, I didn't get one. I'm going to get one now. Really? Oh, Johnny's over there now. You should tell him. Tell know, him, get, to, get two <laughs> or three and bring him over. <laughs> Text him now. Text him now, right? Yeah. yeah so it was a big deal in that demographic. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I guess it's interesting just the power, though, of, again, social media and things going yeah. viral. And, and how can we flip that and do it something for it that would really promote health, right? So I think that's a great opportunity. Yeah, that would be when, great if we could figure what that is. figure that out, yeah. yeah. Because I think also from a political standpoint, you run into a lot of problems, especially around getting people to lose weight or change their habits, mm -hmm. is because if you really believe that being plant-based yeah. is, is, is the goal, yeah. then that's what you're really going to believe. Oh, right. So I come mm -hmm. in and say, hey, we can meet people where they are. Let's show them how to eat that, you know, chicken sandwich at that Popeyes, Popeyes. <laughs> in, in, in a healthier way. Healthier way. Exactly. But because you're plant-based, nope, can't get behind that. Right. So we already have divide coming out the gate. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when my mom would go to, like, uh, one registered dietitian when she got breast cancer the first time, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. said, nope, no more soy. But then when she had her second appointment with a different one, oh, no, I eat soy all the time. It's great. Okay. So, so what's right? What do I believe? Everyone, yeah. you get right. confused. Like, mm -hmm. where do you go? And then what's going to be okay from a political standpoint? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. everybody has their own bias. Yeah. Right? And so I'm always sharing with our coaches, you know, a couple of terms. You have confirmation bias, mm -hmm. which is when a person comes into a situation with their own predetermined truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're not really open to anything different. Mm -mm. It's mm -hmm. kind of like if I said... Hey, Donald Trump did a good thing mm -hmm. and got, you know. <laughs> They're going to say, no, he couldn't have done a good no, thing. Ever. No, he yeah. can't. He can't like my my one buddy, uh, Cal Fry, go, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He'd be like, I go, hey, stop. But, but he did do a good thing. No, nah, man, he can't do anything. Just, they're know. not even going, to, you can't even, they're not going to hear anything. Anything. And I see the same thing around nutrition. Mm -hmm. people, people have, and that's why it's so powerful in meeting people where they are. Yes. And as I, even the work I do with a lot of my colleagues, when I explain to them that we, there is a, a step-by-step -step process to meeting someone where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's not just what to eat and it's not just how to move. There's a lot of psychology to it. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And it goes back to what both of you said, is that if, it, let's, if let's make it baby steps, as you are saying, mm -hmm. little slow baby steps. Mm -hmm. And so our process is that. But if you have a bias that everyone should be eating broccoli yeah. and, and, and wild salmon, you're, you're not gonna hear me because you can't put yourself in a, in a situation where you can meet that person where they are. Yeah, to think that yeah. they can ever eat anything differently yeah. than they're, right. they're off, yeah, off and, track. And a lot of times when you have like colleagues of mine, nutritionists, dietitians, et cetera, mm -hmm. when I'm in a room with them and explaining how we're gonna roll like the program out to certain communities, mm -hmm. they're looking at me like, Dude, this is not going to work. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it is going to work. But then they don't understand how it could work because they're not even familiar with hot fries. I see. They don't know about certain cultural dishes. Right. What it's like to actually live there. Right. They don't yeah. know that people are going to eat chitlins and hog mugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 right. They're looking at you. So what is that again? Right. And you went to school for six years? Yeah, exactly. And, and, okay. And then they're going to look down on the person who does eat it. I, and I love so this term know. recently that I heard of somebody saying, you know, there's certain food that's celebratory food, right? It's, oh. it's, it's don't think you have to ban it, but right. it's a, a food that 
you eat when you're kind of celebrating, yeah. right? So a lot of people around the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I mean, their best memories are very much tied to food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way somebody cooked a pie, the way somebody cooked the turkey. Mm -hmm. And so they're saying, you don't have to completely go away from that. I mean, maybe a few times of the year you yeah. are celebrating. You're celebrating family coming mm -hmm. together. So maybe there's a, a room. There's room for those type of foods at some you know point of the year, right? It's not an everyday food. Well, but but, yeah. but, but maybe you, once you, in a while. But you kind yeah. of partition it in a way yeah. where is it's stacked on a a, a bunch <laughs> of cards that are lies, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Because at that point, that's the what we call a diet mentality. Mm -hmm. When you say, "Well, you know, sometimes I, I eat it like every once in a while," you know. <laughs> uh -huh. So you're saying it's okay for you during that time of the year, mm -hmm. but then you're going to demonize it after that. Mm. That's not fair to me, because that's all I can really afford, and that's all I've right. been I've learned how to cook from a culinary standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so my mama didn't teach me how to do all that other stuff you guys, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I just think to me, it's like you, you got to meet them where they are and it's got to be a lifestyle integration. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And people can go at their own pace and no one's judging anyone. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. education becomes important to them. Right. Wow. That's just what I've seen. Right. And when we slowly introduce it, because trust me, even with cancer, yes. I'm like, okay, we know that all the data says that you when you eat a meal, it should be made up like 80% fruits and vegetables, 20% mm -hmm. some type of meat. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. But I think of Peter, right? The guy that had the heart attack. Peter ain't going to do no fruits and vegetables. No 80%. Oh, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Peter, that's Mr. what Peter, he Mr. Peter, yeah. I mean, that's not going to work with him. <laughs> so who are we going to try to get to do 80% fruits and vegetables as they, you know, are going through chemo and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff? Some people will because they're scared to death and they, they want to live. Yeah. And they want to maximize. But then you got Mr. Peters like, hey, no, nah, I can't eat that. Exactly. And then what is it going to taste like when they do it? And who's teaching them how to like, True, like put yeah. fruits and vegetables together? How to f flavor it right. Yeah. It's just, it's so much. It is a lot. You know? it's but it's not overwhelming because in our little study of a thousand, we, we, we did it. And now we have the opportunity to do it again. Wow, that's amazing. It is. So the outcome will, I believe the outcome will be amazing and it's so funny though because as i sit with all of the executives and the physicians and and i they just keep coming back to me with the same questions What's so so how's it <laughs> wait a minute, so how's it so all right so who do you meet first or, and i explain it over and over and i go okay then they put it in the rfp and they're like so okay so how does that and i go man i have explained <laughs> that to you guys i said the Excellent. only way for you guys to really get it yeah is to do it and experience it right instead of being on the outside like okay well that's good for those people in under resource yeah but not, that's not something for me no 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 it, it is something for you for you yeah. as well yeah so it's kind of like you have that disconnect also where you have people that are the influencers or in the position of power right mm -hmm, that are blocking the people from getting what they need to be successful because it doesn't sync up with what they believe what they should. believe right yeah. what they've experienced up to that point yeah yeah so that's that's the ongoing challenge exactly exactly it's 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 true i mean 100 percent of the clients that i have they've all had gone through some kind of up and down cycle with some diet or another mm -hmm. some kind of fad or whatever it is every single one of them and so they're all, it's a struggle to get them out of that what you call what we call the diet mentality the diet fact, mentality exactly in fact there was a client that i had about a year ago this time and I remember being just a little bit like worrying about whether she should start at this time. It was literally 
right before Thanksgiving mm. because she was definitely one of those people who was just either a hardcore diet or just just eating whatever. All or nothing. Eat. Right. <laughs> so I was like, God, you know, but she was like, no, I want to start. We're going to start. So we did. She did amazing. Wow. And she was still eating, you know, enjoying the foods that she likes. We, you know, we taught her how to do it with the mm-hmm. right portions, the right combinations. But she was having the food that was out there at every party that she went to. Wow. She, I mean, she killed it. She killed it. Yeah. And started and she's doing, yeah. even during the holidays. Mm-hmm. So you know yeah. what, I, what I believe of <clears throat> the success of that is, is being mindful. And I think, you know, there's different definitions I've heard of mm-hmm. what that means. Right. But to me, when you're thinking about it before you eat it, mm-hmm. that's being mindful. Right. I get you. And when you're mindful, you don't eat as much. You don't overindulge. Yeah. You're mindful. It's the people who are just flowing. They're not thinking about not it thinking at all. Not thinking about it at all. They're just eating. And they don't realize, too. And if they yeah. do think about it, it's after and when they're tired watching the football game. And, and, then, and then they're usually pun- <laughs> and then they're punished or they're punishing themselves too. So it's like oh, you know, it's like a, it's like an ongoing battle with food. Like really, like yeah. a f- it's like an internal battle with. It's like food. you and peanut butter. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an issue with peanut, peanut butter. butter. It's got to be crunchy though. Oh, you like the crunchy? <laughs> I mean, I, I like it smooth. Oh but, man, you know. crunchy! And I'm just like, man, I'm happy with that and a cup of coffee. Mm. And Actually, that'd be a good conversation. Good. To about have, peanut like, butter? Like when we do a show about people being single or people looking for relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you first meet a person, ask them, do you like it crunchy? Crunchy or smooth? Or smooth. Right. <laughs> but, but even that, and even like my <laughs> wife, it's like everything, like, you know, if it's a, 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 a dessert or something like that, she always likes little nuts, you know, little nuts sprinkled in with it or oh, yeah, it's a cinnamon roll woo! with nuts. But I, I don't like, I don't like nuts. I don't like, I'm like, no, you know, so oh. it's just, everybody has their little thing. Well, you right? have your side. Your side. I have my side. Now, do you have like a food that you like to indulge in occasionally? Not so much you know, in the amount. Yeah. You know, I eat a little bit of everything. You know, I think I would, I wouldn't say it's a weakness, but I, I, if sweets are in front of me, like maybe a little piece of cake or something like that, mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to pass that up always. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like many people. So if, it's, if things are right in front of you, you know, that's yeah. that temptation, right? Mm-hmm. I even struggle with that myself sometimes, right? I wouldn't necessarily go out and buy it, but if it's there, like, it comes yeah. into the house. Or there's a donut or something, I wouldn't go out to buy it. But if right. it's right there, well, let me try that. Like so, yeah, give yeah, me it. Mm-hmm. Give me it. You know, you try it. So little things like that, you know, it's a work in progress for all of us. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah, we know there's a, <clears throat> I think you may have saw a photo of me with this guy named Bernando DePaulo. Mm. So Bernando, I met in Arizona. Okay. And when I met him, he was 111 years old. Wow. And wow. he was being honored as uh, the, the sanitarian of the year. Yep. And so I meet DePaulo, and we're at this club the night before the big meet, gathering. Uh-huh. And, and I have um, some really cool footage of him. Okay. Because I went back and saw him when he was 113. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I should document this. Mm-hmm. So I stayed with him from morning until the evening. Yeah. Uh, did every meal with him. He cooked all the food himself. Mm-hmm. I watched him do his workout. Yeah. I saw his daily regimen, right? Yeah. So wow. he's born 1901. Wow. So, <laughs> but when crazy. I first met him at, um, at 111, we're standing and we're talking and my feet are starting to bother me. Okay. So about 45 minutes, I'm still talking to him. And he took a glass of water and he held it like this. And I looked mm-hmm. and he was demonstrating how it doesn't shake. Wow. Because he was so, so solid. And I was, I was like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to sit down. <laughs> but then the next year I saw him again. Then the yep. next year I saw him. Yeah. So I saw him up until mm-hmm. 114. Yeah. And when he was 113, I was with him and Dick Gregory. Okay. 
And that's when Dick Gregory got honored and I got to be a part of that. Wow. So I bring that up because I asked him many questions over the time I knew him Mm because he passed right before he turned 115. Wow. And he got a cough, closed his eyes and died. Wow. Like it wasn't anything long drawn out. Very peaceful. Started coughing in the morning. He died. He closed his eyes, died. Wow. Wow. Very peaceful. And so I said, I said, Fernando, like, what's the secret? Mm-hmm. And he shared, he shared three things that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. He says, stay hydrated. Drink okay. a lot of water. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be in the form of hot tea, you know, unsweet iced tea. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Drink. colon and, and, you know, health on the inside. Yep. Uh, he also rubbed olive oil all over his body. Okay. Because when you look at the photos of him, he has some soft skin. Some skin, right? Hey, this guy looked amazing. (laughs) Yeah, he looked amazing. You want to reach out and be like, whoa. Yeah, he was like, and he was cool too. Yeah, yeah. And then he he said every night before he goes to bed, he cleans the bottom of his feet. Okay. So he literally would like clean his feet. He had a little thing, put them in, rinse them off, scrub the bottom of the feet. And he had a whole theory on that. And Uh then he was really clear. He says, Robert, I eat whatever I want. Mm -hmm. He was primarily vegetarian Mm -hmm. when he was cooking at home, kind of what you said. Mm -hmm. But if he goes to someone's house and they serve steak, I'll eat the steak. A little bit. Okay. That wasn't his staple. Right. So he would use the word moderation Mm -hmm. just the Mm -hmm. same way you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how he lived his life. Exactly. And lived in New York for 90 years and then moved to Mesa, Arizona. For the remainder of his life so at 91 nice or 90 he had moved to to arizona yeah wow i mean i learned a lot from this guy oh for sure anybody yeah. his mindset i mean when you said that oh i just eat whatever i want his mindset so his mindset like, is our you know just amazing already. he was right there he yeah. just you know and he had that old napoleon hill type of like <laughs> soul yeah it was right. like when he spoke, it was, you listened. It, it was that, yeah. it was How a different cool. voice kind of a, back a, a, in the day. Kind of like authority, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was, uh, and it was, it was, it was awesome. But uh, I'll end on this note as far as with DePaulo. Yeah. I'm sitting with him and Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory's mm-hmm. a legend, right? Who's all about health. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here, Dick Gregory's next to me, and DePaulo, Bernando's next to him. Mm-hmm. And now Dick Gregory has on this wrinkled brown suit. Like he, it's like he never <laughs> used an iron ever. He just threw it on. Beard and, all scruffy. Yeah, beard all scruffy That's and his. all gray and all hair beard. all yeah. kind of nappy. Yeah. But that, that was Dick Gregory. That was him. Yeah. And so then next to him you have Bernando. He's got Stacey Adams on. Looks Look, suave. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And he's sitting back like this. Uh-huh. And Dick Gregory's sitting back and I'm sitting there and this Caucasian woman walks over to us. And she looks at Dick Gregory and she says, sir, 113. (laughs) 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 And Dick Gregory was like this. He goes, I think you're talking about this nigga right here. (laughs) 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 Bleep, bleep. Oh, Oh, and I couldn't. I didn't know what to do. I was like, she didn't know what to do. Right. And Bernardo was just sitting there smiling. (laughs) And he didn't say anything, and Dick wasn't smiling. He was just looking straight forward. So would she just leave? And she goes, um, <laughs> yeah. And she just kind of backed out, backed like, out of that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what to say. I know, I know. <laughs> I Dick, he looked 113. <laughs> he looked 113. Yeah, but that was Dick, man. He was, That's funny. what an honor that was for me to spend time with him. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He he was he was amazing. A true pioneer in a lot of oh, ways. In so many oh, ways. I mean, activist. Mm-hmm. And he's a comedian. Yeah. Watching his work live. Mm-hmm. How he the punchline. Oh man. Then he pivoted to health later on and oh. the Bohemian Diet and yeah. all those things mm-hmm. he did. Well, so. you know, he got into health when he started doing political fasting. Oh, okay. And that's when you know he was over 300 pounds, mm. and Dick got down to probably 140, 130, mm-hmm. and lived the rest of the rest of his life like that. Yes, but yes. he was a guy who who led the way for the Bill Cosby's, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Pryor. Yep, yep. You know they had much respect for him. Oh yes. And I, I wish I had gone to his funeral because Bill Cosby, all those guys went. Pretty Dave sure. Chappelle, everybody was there mm-hmm. at his at his uh, funeral. He was a pioneer. Yeah. Pioneer. Mm-hmm. So you're probably over there. Who's Dick Gregory? Well, <laughs> go back and Google, Google that. Google it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Tap into your African American side. <laughs> but yeah, but no, this is this is it's been great. All the things, like I say, that yeah. I really appreciate. You know, talking with you both today because. Yeah. Uh, you know, many of the things that Robert's talked about over the years, like you said, we both have this mutual respect, right? Because you shared a lot of knowledge with me and hopefully I have with you. Oh, absolutely. But this idea of meeting people where they're at, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll say this, this one story. Uh, I'm also on the board of the American Heart Association here in Los Angeles on, on the, vo- the board. And we uh, uh, had a meeting about a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And we had a variety of, of constituents there. And one of the gentlemen, we do they do a lot of work in, in communities like Inglewood and South Central L.A. trying to uh, 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 encourage you know, exercise and eating healthy. One of the constituents that was working there was a gentleman who really had been in the gangs in South Central. Mm-hmm. He said, literally, I haven't gone too, too far out of my neighborhood in my entire life. I mean, he really was authentic, and, but he was really... Uh, um, talking about the good work that the American Heart Association was doing. Mm-hmm. But the, the bottom line is we were at a kind of a swanky Beverly Hills restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they you know, brought us food. And at the end of it, you know, I noticed he hadn't really eaten a whole lot. And he was really struggling with this kind of high-end food. Mm. And he said at the end, he said, you know, this is just, it's very foreign to me. Wow. I'm much more comfortable like you said, we talk about eating a chicken sandwich right. or right. something. That's what I'm used to. He was really, literally style. kind of picking out the food, and it, he said, I didn't really eat too much tonight. So that shows you that mm-hmm. this person immediately bringing in this high-end, you know, roasted salmon and garlic and ro- right. all right. That, 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 it was hard for him to kind of grasp that right now. That's not to say over time he can't, you know, move to that. Right. But it's this idea of meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. I think that's a phrase that I heard from you many years ago. But I think that's, you know, that's an example to show how it's important, right? Where we come from, our oh, culture, absolutely. yeah, what's comfortable, what we know, you know, it, it's important. You know, that's, yeah. to share in alignment yeah. with that yeah. is when I was 20, 20 years old, mm-hmm. I went on a date with this young lady yeah. and she had invited me to go to her her family's house mm. <laughs> to have dinner there mm-hmm. so i remember i had a hair bone like one of those <laughs> yeah. gold chains that mc hammer used to wear oh, oh okay oh so, okay yeah, and, yeah yeah and that's when the, the sweaters were in bill cosby right so yeah I had the oh, on. those colorful big sweaters I thought, I, I thought i had it going on <laughs> so i yeah. get there and i'll never forget her younger sister was like 15 she goes "Woo, is that real oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah I was, I was like i got this going i got uh, it going on mm-hmm. yeah. and so we all sit down and everything oh is going gosh. great and then the dinner comes 
and it's salmon. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point in my life, I've never eaten salmon. Mm. Oh. I didn't even know what salmon was. It was like, wow, I've never seen that before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, is, is it cooked? It looks a little pink. I color. know, right? Is it, it supposed was a little to be pink. that color? And then it had these trees on the plate. And I was like, so what is that? And then it had like a lemon. Mm-hmm. So for me, I remember like taking the lemon. Like as an orange or something. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I look up and, and they're, they're all oh. the whole family is looking at me. Oh my yeah. god! And I was like, oh. Are you not supposed to do that? <laughs> and so then I see them squeeze the lemon on their salmon. Right, right. right. So I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Uh-huh. And then I get the little trees, which was asparagus. Mm-hmm. I had never eaten this. I never oh. even seen what a what was the spirit? I thought you were going to say broccoli. Yeah. No, it's a little tree. Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah. eating a little tree, and they're standing, the little girl staring at me. <laughs> wow. And when the oh, meal God. was over, because I didn't finish the salmon, just like the guy you yeah. met. Yeah. I remember going straight to Burger King, man, got a whopper. Because you're, like, you're man, still I hungry. I don't want to be wealthy. I don't need that life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not that, that weird fish. I remember calling my mom. <laughs> mom, they had some weird fish. fish. She goes, what was it? I go, salmon right. or something. Sam, Sam, Salmon, something like that. Salmon, (laughs) Salmon, Salmon. But to this day, I'm telling you, when I do work in you know certain communities Mm -hmm. all over U.S., yeah, I totally relate. I I get it, yeah, because I never forgot, and I know that people in Missouri and places in Mississippi don't eat the way we eat out here in California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's totally different. I mean, you can completely alienate someone just by a plate of food. Oh, totally. And then they're like, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Cause yeah. like, well, you know, along the road, you, know? you, you learn. Because I remember I was in Mississippi. And we're doing this <clears> tour <throat> about obesity. Yeah. And I was, like, feeling good. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, going into, like, different foods. And I was talking about, I remember mentioning the word tofu. Okay. And the whole audience is staring good. at me. Like, like, like what? Glazed over. Like, <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. And in the midst of that, mm-hmm. I realized I wasn't speaking to them. Right. I get you. I had gotten off the plane. I'm thinking North Ranch Country Club. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's a different audience. So you can totally read so, the audience. They just so, like Yeah, but I was going. Out. I was I was feeling it. I was talking oatmeal and they weren't they weren't really feeling that either. Mm-hmm. And I went back. Hey, grits? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Now some, some gumbo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I saw the everybody started moving. All right. Yeah. So wow. I mean it's something to say about meeting people where they are. Yeah. And that's why I always say is it's <clears> it sounds cool. But it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And that's why you have to train the trainer. You have to get these nurses. We got to get the physicians. We got to get people on board with this philosophy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that will put them in a position where they'll have more empathy and compassion. Yeah. And they'll reach the people more effectively. Yeah. I think it totally ties in also with it. Was it the lifestyle DNA? Yes. The t- lifestyle DNA. That that's is the amazing. Bomb, man. Yeah. I mean, you still I wonder- got the dot com, right? I still have it. Oh my I still have it. Dang it. No, <laughs> I know another one. Another one. I had a mental note of that. I'm teasing. I so bet. Do you, now, do you have, we have like five minutes left. Do you have like another question? For- a, a quick question, actually, yes. about the lifestyle DNA. Because I yeah. wonder, I mean, because you talk about, you know, how you discuss the lifestyle and mm-hmm. how that can impact, you know, predisposition, I guess. Yeah. Do you find that, is it, being talked to with children or is it mostly an adult talk because it feels like it would be so powerful you know with kids to learn Ooh, that you to know? learn it mm-hmm. that, that's a good idea usually it's you know, more with adults right because mm-hmm. I, I always used to say well you, you kind of learn about with biology mm-hmm. you know eighth ninth tenth grade mm-hmm. and dna but as you know 
kids nowadays are learning about this stuff a lot mm-hmm. earlier than we than we did. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're learning about DNA and, you know, fourth right. and sixth grade. So I think that's a message that really can be start to incorporate now right. um, with because I know I have two daughters and, you know, they're really cognizant of this idea of yeah. trying to be healthy, eat healthy as much as you can. But at the same time. Right. They're still like, hey, I want to go to Chick-fil-A sometimes. And, right. and like you say, how do you balance it, right? Um, but I think that it's, it's a powerful message that I think I kids mean, could I, really start to understand. I love that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm telling you, when I've, mm-hmm. I've been saying it for a long time. I think it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. genius. And the way it you is. explain it, mm-hmm. it's, it's empowering. It makes me feel like, okay, I can nurture some things in my life. Absolutely. And we have some power, right? It's yes. not, it's not a, it's uh, like a, a fate. This is my exactly. DNA and I can't change it and I'm stuck with it, but it gives you power right, like to I was, make some choices. I was born in this, like, this is this is this, what I this hell or something. Yeah, yeah. you can you can you can affect change. Affect change. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you, if you That's watch powerful. when you watch TV, and I'll hear I hear doctors do this all the time. Mm-hmm. I know what they mean, yeah. but what what comes out is they'll say, "Well, you know, a lot of it's genetics." Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is that they just told all those people in those families, "Yeah, you're predestined for diabetes yep. because Uncle Joe got diabetes." Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? They don't explain that. Well, what we're really talking about is, am I going to still eat the fried chicken the same exactly. frequency that you guys ate it yes. and exactly. eat all the other stuff and not exercise? So mm-hmm. if I do everything that you guys did in your lifestyle, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to get it. Yeah, because it's been proven that, I mean, the genetic component is, you know, it's the smaller component of, mm-hmm. our, of our health, right? Probably 10%, right? It's the, this lifestyle component that probably does the most. Mm-hmm. And there's some component we just don't understand at all, right? Right. Again, bad things can happen to good people right Right. but Mm -hmm. a lot of this is about the lifestyle portion of it and that's kind of been proven with a lot of studies and so um, the genetics you can't really do much about that right Mm -hmm. but the other component of the lifestyle we really can impact and that's I think the message everybody I do too that's amazing so thinking if you don't want to use that just you know we're let you know you're still waiting for (laughs) it we're still still waiting for it now I'm excited though excited about what you all are doing excited about about uh, this podcast and show yes. um, again you're really touching a lot of people so yeah it was congratulations to you guys thank you know yeah. great job well thank you i'm glad was daniel so wasn't here today <laughs> he would have <he> <laughs> messed it all up <laughs> now i look forward to him meeting you because yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, he'll love it yeah so thanks again yes thank, thank you. you so much it's great mm-hmm. thanks and as we always say you know to the rest of the world stay healthy <laughs> 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 <laughs>